Welcome to episode 553 of the show. I remember back in, okay, I was going to say back in the early days, but I think actually it's more like back uh, last year when I used to boast about being Nigeria's only business podcast. And after that, I changed the boast to Nigeria's longest running business podcast. And um, after a while, I figured I might as well go on a journey and figure out um, what kind of figure out the flavor of Nigerian podcasts out there to see if my boast was indeed genuine. Now, I found a couple of things. One, I found that there are a bunch of other shows out there. Some of them touch on business from time to time. Some of them uh, don't. But uh, now I can confidently say that I am not Nigeria's only business podcast. But I guess you can say I have the most number of episodes because I think the podcast by the Daily Trust, the Daily Trust show, I think, by the Daily Trust newspapers, it's more of a uh, political thing. But of course, you know, um, newspapers have um, political uh, business columns in them. So once in a while, they write on business-related matters. So I think our podcast started um, close to the same time. So I have more episodes than they, uh, they do. And there's also some fintech podcast. Um, they've been going much longer than I have, but I have more episodes, uh, more episodes than um, they do, than they have. So I guess we can call a fintech podcast, a business podcast, um, fintech as in um, financial uh, tech. At least I'm assuming that's what fintech means. I hope that's what that means, because it would be a shame if someone like me doesn't know what fintech means. And um, a bunch of episodes, uh, podcasts, you know, here and there. So I can confidently say I'm not Nigeria's only business podcast, but I still think I hold the title for the longest running. For those of you who have come across any other podcasts out there, um, let me know so that if I do indeed um, go back to making that boast again in future podcast episodes, at least my boast is not going to be um, a lie. Now, the reason why I remember that today is because I listened to another podcast. Uh, I can't remember the name because there are a couple of them with that flavor. And, um, you know, it's by our brothers and sisters in uh, Diaspora. Uh, I think it's um, a guy and a girl. I think the guy is based in Toronto and the lady is based in uh, Dallas, Texas or so. And, you know, it's just full of, um, you know, regular gist that we uh, Nigerians of a certain age face. Especially those of us who've been out of the country for a while, we're back, we're trying to make a go at careers and business and things like that. And for a couple of people, like the hosts of that uh, particular podcast, who shuttle back and forth, so there are lots of podcasts out there just based um, talking about the uh, Nigerian experience, if you can put it that way, what it's like to try and build a life abroad or what it's uh, like to try and uh, come back and settle in the country and um, all that kind of jazz. So I guess the good news that I'm bringing today is that if you are looking for other podcasts apart from mine, let's say you come here for your business fix, for your infotainment, for your education or whatever it is that you do. And you're looking for something to wind down, uh, wind down with. So apart from the I said what I said podcast um, hosted by my girls uh, Jola and uh, Faye Kemi. Well, they're not actually my girls, but you know I feel like we're kindred spirits since we are um, in the podcasting game, and obviously we're both taking um, real deliberate, real deliberate um, stab at the at the at the art form. I mean, of course, they have way more um, listens. You know, millions per week. They already have sponsors with uh, DSTV, uh, Showmax, um, a couple of other uh, companies. So um, yeah, so our brothers and sisters in the struggle. So when I say my girls, you know, don't don't take that to mean I know them personally. Um, I don't. 
So, where was I? Yeah, so if you're looking for other podcasts to listen to apart from this one, uh, to give you um, a cultural fix, some entertainment fix, uh, stuff like that, search your podcasts. There are loads of alternatives now. So, um, if, you ju- if you're just discovering this podcast for the first time and you're Nigerian, then the podcasting scene is not as bleak as it looks. So maybe for now, this is the only podcast that you know, but rest assured that there are other podcasts out there. Anyway, I've gone off a ramble for too long. Uh, let me go straight to the um, crux of today's show. Now, for today's show, we're still going to be focused on customer retention. Remember that customer retention is going to be our North Star for the next couple of days. So if you've been listening for the podcast for a while, the prior five or six episodes, I think, I think it should be up to five or six now. We've been focused on customer retention. And the whole idea behind customer retention is how do we keep people loyal? How do we get them to come back to uh, spend money again and again? So today we're going to be looking at customer satisfaction surveys because in the previous episode, or maybe two episodes prior, uh, we went over how before you get to customer retention, you need to have walked through customer satisfaction first and customer uh, success next. Customer satisfaction answers the question, are the customers happy? Because there's no way that somebody who is angry with you is going to come back and do business with you again, except if you are a utility company and you have a monopoly. For instance, the Power Holding Corporation, or uh, back when I was in Scotland, uh, I think there was British Gas and there was um, Scottish Energy. There was just two of them. So if British Gas messes up, the only option out there is Scottish Energy. And if you get screwed by Scottish Energy, then you have nowhere else to run to. You've been screwed by both. You have to pick one or the other. So in those situations where you are a public utility and you have a monopoly, then it doesn't matter whether people are happy with you or not. They have no choice. Here in Nigeria, it's the same thing. The National Electric Power Authority, uh, that's our own power corporation, was um, privatized. But whether we like it or not, the new um, electricity distribution companies like in Abuja, the AEDC, is pretty much, you know, NEPA in, um, in, uh, in new skin. I mean, now they have some expatriate employees, but uh, so far still feels pretty much like the same company. So if you run that kind of a business, you have absolutely nothing to worry about because whether I'm pissed at NEPA, I have no choice. That's the only way I'm going to get my power. I have to go to PHC. And for those of you who are um, in Scotland, uh, you can testify that um, if uh, British Gas um, screws you up, the only option that you have is uh, Scottish Energy. Sorry, was it the other way around? British Energy and Scottish Gas. Well, I can't remember anyway. It's been a while. So, um, yeah, you're angry. You have no choice. There's nowhere else to run to. But for the rest of us, those of us who are photographers, you know, wedding photographers, wedding planners, we sell buff buff, uh, business consultants, uh, let's see what else. Uh, you own a, a bar or... Uh, you sell, you, you own a shisha bar or you sell dried fish or you sell a goosey. We need to keep people happy. So customer satisfaction. Now, one of the ways that we figure out if customers are happy, are because uh, sorry, are happy is to use customer satisfaction surveys. Now, remember, why do we bother with customer satisfaction surveys at all? We do so because we can't get customer loyalty and customer retention or referrals unless we are sure that people are happy. If you're listening to this show for the first time, skip back, look for episodes that have either customer loyalty, referrals, customer service, those sorts of things in the title, and you'll figure out, you'll be able to understand why it's a bad idea to try and get customers to be loyal or to try and get referrals unless they are happy. Because if someone is totally pissed with your business, 
and you keep calling them, you keep hounding them to do business with them, each time they see your name on the, uh, what's that thing called? You know, the thing that shows on the phone, that shows your identity. Is it caller ID? Yeah. So when they see the uh, caller ID, caller identification, and they see it's you, they get pissed. And if you're in the habit of pissing people off routinely, it's not going to end well. One day somebody might answer and give you a thorough washing, or you might end up getting your uh, line blocked. In previous episodes, we have explored a number of um, possible nasty alternatives uh, that can happen. But basically, there's nothing good that is going to come from you trying to get a referral from someone or to get them to be loyal if they are upset with you. So we need to find out, are they upset? Were they happy? What went right? What could we have done better? And that's the whole point of customer satisfaction surveys. So that's the why. Now, whose responsibility? It is your responsibility if you are self-employed. So for someone like me, who's a business consultant, uh, obviously that is my responsibility. Later on, I'm going to have some employees, or I'm going to have some underlings, or some omoeshe, or whatever it is that you want to call them, and then that might be their own response. Uh, that becomes their own responsibility, but not everyone's, but just those who have customer-facing functions. So, if you run a a um, let's see, if you're one of these, <clears throat> so excuse me, if you're one of these IT boys and uh, you have a website, you have an app, and all that. Maybe it's not the engineer's problems to uh, duty to go and call the customers and stuff like that. So maybe people in sales and maybe people in marketing. But you need to make sure that your people who are handling sales or marketing are really skilled at getting information from the customers and translating that into actionable uh, takeaways for people in the design function, in the engineering function, in the whatever function. Because if I'm a tech person and all I know is writing code and blah, 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 and people are not happy with the software, they're not happy with the app, um, it's up to you guys who are customer facing, the salesperson, the customer service person, to be able to get back to me and uh, not only tell me what it is that they said, but give me some actionable steps so I know how to change workflows or change the color of buttons or move where things are located or change the speed of this or change you know this aspect of design and uh, what have you. So whose responsibility is going to be yours primarily if you're a new business person or you're a solopreneur of your lifestyle business person because there are lots of people who don't want to build huge conglomerates they just want a business that suits their <clears throat> that suits their lifestyle you know allows you to come home to the wife and the kids or come home to your hobby or you know travel with your laptop or whatever if that's still a thing because i remember i think back when i was in secondary school or maybe uni that used to be a thing everybody wanted to make money from anywhere in the world so it would just be you an internet connection and a laptop and then you trade stocks and be a billionaire or something like that Anyway, those interesting trends. Let's see what the next trend is going to be. So, is it your responsibility or uh, your employees who have customer-facing functions? Now, how do people handle customer satisfaction surveys? What most people do, the default, is to come up with uh, some online thing with a drop-down menu or to print out some paper. And the whole idea is that you have, um, uh, uh, what's it called? OBJs, objectives. You have um, objective options, multiple point options. Is it multiple points? Gosh, I can't remember what those things are called. Anyway, basically, you have A, B, and C. So, um, uh, thank you for doing business with us. Were you A, extremely happy, B, happy, C, um, non-committal, D, sad, E, extremely angry, tick one. So, you know, that's the sort of thing, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Well, anyway, uh, for those of you who end up with A, B, C, D, E, F, G, Please, when you when you are trying to design those sorts of things, the less options that you have, the better. So try and make it A, B, C. 
A, B, C, D, okay, maybe. But A, B, C, D, E, F, G, now you guys are just taking a piss. So make them uh, short and sweet. So uh, that's the default setting that most people have in mind. Um, create a website, get a sheet of paper, um, you put the objectives there, let people circle what it is that they like. Uh, and then um, you guys are left to sort through the whole thing and to try and get um, quantitative insights um, from that. Um, yeah, so that's it pretty much. Now, is there a problem with this? For those of you who've been listening to my podcast for a while, you will know that I've been touting what the problems with this uh, with this method, the customer satisfaction survey, the one where you have drop-down menus, multiple choice uh, questions, A, B, C, and all that problems with it number one we can't be sure if people answer honestly because first of all some of these things are too long people are flying and people are skimming through so um and maybe people are just telling you what it is that you want to hear because lots of us try to be really polite um for instance i took my son out of a certain school and put him in the same school where his older brother is the proprietors called me and asked was there any problem and uh, I didn't want to give her an earful, so I said, oh, no, 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 it's no problem. I just put him in the school where it's most convenient, and I left it like that. Now, a bunch of that, a bunch of that kind of behavior also happens when we're dealing with um, customer service and um, stuff like that. Because it's over on the paper, people don't want to rustle any feathers. They just write what it is that you think they think you want to hear. Now, because it's done uh, online over a piece of paper, you can't ask follow-up questions. So like for instance, in this case, let's say the uh, proprietress to the school, instead of just calling up on the phone, let's say she booked an appointment or she came by the house because it's a small school and that's one of the reasons why I had my son in the first school in the first place because I like the personal attention. So if we're able to hook up a one-on-one, she would have been able to tell whether my answer was honest or not and she would have been able to say, Mr. Yedi, you know, the way you're looking, I can tell that we definitely did something that upset you. Like, you know, don't worry, one-on-one now. I'm not trying to get you to come back, but please just tell me what is it that we did. Because you are face-to-face, you can put follow-up questions, you can get um, better insights because you can drill into what the problem is. And these options are not available when you have um, surveys, whether online or in paper, because you can't follow up. So the, with the example I gave, um, how did you like your interaction with us? Um, A, extremely happy. B, merely happy. C, just happy. D, non-committal. Um, e, uh, disappointed. Um, F, uh, thoroughly disappointed. Yeah, is that F? Okay, F, thoroughly disappointed. Now, the person just writes that, and uh, yeah, you've gotten the information that you need, or so you think. But the juice, the real value, comes in the follow-up where you get to ask and say, whoa, uh, Mrs. Necker, I'm terribly sorry that you're extremely disappointed. We had no idea that this is how you feel. I'm terribly, really, really, really sorry. I mean, we don't want our customers to be treated like this at all. I beg, please, can you tell us what is it that we did wrong? You're not going to be able to do that when you have a um, survey because you might have a place for a, a box where people get to write what it is but remember what i told you um <clears throat> for you this thing is short because you designed it it's only 10 questions but for the person who is doing the writing and who is thoroughly pissed off at you 10 questions is five questions too many in fact 10 questions is 10 questions too many they're just upset so they circle that f thoroughly disappointed and then the box maybe they leave it blank if someone is really angry they'll write a whole lot in the uh 
in the in the empty space that you provide but don't count on that happening most people are not going to do that then also surveys don't allow you to get the emotional weight of the problem from the examples that i've given so far you know me and the proprietor of the school that my son used to go to and then um this uh, example that we're given you know from a to f where f is thoroughly disappointed you can get the emotional weight of a problem because it's possible that somebody might pick um, in the options that we gave. Somebody might pick D. I think D. We said non-committal. So um, yeah, so person might pick D, non-committal. But if the person were right in front of you, even though the person sounded non-committal, you'd be able to see from visual cues, from tone, from body language, things like that. Even if it was just over the phone, you'd be able to gauge from the tone that, um, this person is saying that. You know, anyhow, anyhow, like, eh, it was okay. But you'll be able to gauge that this person is is totally pissed. Because there are some people who are totally pissed, but are not going to say much. They'll just, um, I don't know, they don't want to be rude, or they're trying to control themselves, so they don't end up uh, shouting at you, or whatever it is. But, you know, so you can't get this kind of um, detail when it comes to um, surveys. And, uh, yeah, so like I mentioned, verbal cues, tone, body languages, you know, stuff like that are totally missing. But for me, the biggest problem that I have with these sorts of things is it assumes that we know what the relevant options are. When we set about these uh, surveys and we put options A, B, C, D, E, F, we're assuming that we know what the relevant things are. But there may be more options, a couple of shades in between, and uh, things of that nature. So that's one of the reasons why, personally, I recommend when I run into people that, you know what, customer survey, yes, let's do it, because that's the only way you can do it at scale. That's on businesses that have 300, 400 uh, customers. You can't pick up the phone and call 400 people. Well, you can, but it's going to be lots of stress. So yes, you have to use the customer um, satisfaction survey. So no wahala, no problem. I agree. I concede. But there's a midpoint. Before you create your survey, pick up the phone, call a couple of your customers, get your three top customers and maybe your three crappiest customers, and then call them up and have the conversation. Alhaji Dalhatu, thank you very much. We're happy that you've been buying cement with us from 2009. Uh, I just want to find out if you're happy with how business is going. Um, why did you stick with us anyway? Uh, what is that we've done best for you? Uh, what could we have done better? You know, you'll be able to have a frank conversation now. Oh, Alhaji Dalhatu, sorry. I didn't realize that when we did that thing, that this is how it affected you. We are, we're, terrib ter we're really terribly sorry. We'll try and make amends. In fact, we'll make sure that this kind of thing never happens again, blah, blah, blah. You have those conversations. And then you also have the conversations with your three worst customers. Well, actually, in fact, some sales trainers will say that um, you should let go of your crappiest customers, that they're just wasting too much time and uh, too much of your money trying to maintain them. That you should only focus on what your best prospects are. But anyway, you get the point. Get a sample size of some people, give them a call, have these discussions, and from those discussions, you will now know what the relevant things to put in the customer satisfaction surveys are. So, back in the cement manufacturing, sorry, the cement seller example, um, let's say you have a way of uh, invoicing or transporting the cement or something that has not been in favor of um, Al-Haji Dalhatu. You will now know that, okay, it's possible that if this thing doesn't work for Al-Haji Dalhatu, perhaps it's not working for some other of our customers who buy cement from us. And that is now something that you will put in the customer satisfaction survey that you would not have known unless you had a conversation with the Al-Haji in the first place. So that is why I propose this 
um, halfway point, pick up the phone, call a couple of people. You'll get a sense of what the likely issues are and then throw it out in the survey and then you can scale and blast that out to your 300 or 400 customers and then you have all the data uh, that you need. But of course, I'm sure you guys know that for me, I think the best thing to do is pick up the phone. But since we've already gone over 20 minutes, that's something that we'll examine in the next episode. So, thank you very much for uh, hanging on on episode 553. Thanks for your time and attention. Um, remember, you guys can hit me up, ask me anything you want to ask me. I'm not going to promote the phone number anymore because I realize that you guys reach out wherever it is that you want to. I put up my phone number all the time because I like to hear from you guys. But... Um, uh, let's see. Okay, Ugona. Ugona reached out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, let's see who else. Somebody else reached out to me on uh, Instagram. Uh, okay, only one person has tweeted at me. Um, anyway, so bottom line is, I've noticed that you guys, whoever, I mean the people that reach out, they reach out to me on the avenues that they find most comfortable or whatever, even though I don't promote those other avenues. So, if you want to hit me up, send me a message ask me a question, and sure, um, Google me, or whichever way that other people find, uh, you know, my Instagram handle, the uh, LinkedIn, and all that, uh, but bottom line is, I'm here, I'm responsive, I want to hear from you guys, so that we can address questions that are concrete to your day-to-day running of your businesses, and um, yeah, and also to uh, follow up on any um, unanswered questions, because I assume that as we run through all these recordings, that you guys uh, understand exactly what it is that I mean and that we are on all fours on all the issues that we uh, discuss. So just in case there are any gaps, hit up, let me know. So thank you very much for listening to this episode and I'll catch you guys on episode 554. Yeah, 554. So I'll catch you guys at the next recording.